Hey, what's up, guys? It's your favorite host from the Trash Talk Podcast, Jacob, obviously. Um, we have a great episode for you guys this week. We go into our alpha betas. Uh, we've got some pretty good topics over that. And then we go into the Masvidal UFC fight. Paul breaks it down for us. Um, and then lastly, we bring on um, Reed, our NFL draft expert, and he talks about the draft, who you should look for, um, who he thinks is going to be a bust, who he thinks is going to be really good, uh, goes over the QBs, wide receivers, a little bit about the running backs, and then obviously discusses pits. Uh, yeah, it's a great episode. Give it a listen. Don't forget to go to the podcast app, leave us a review, um, hit that five stars, subscribe. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. These trivial things know what I mean. Like, all I hear is either super soft or super mean. But I prefer the super soap around that's in between, like, not the winner of more the summer. Basically, I was at Six Flags this weekend, and um, you there, you went to Six Flags this weekend, yeah. I was for a bachelor party. Wait, wait how old to, are you? Whoa, 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 no, 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 dude. I, if I could go and spend every day at Six Flags, I would. Okay, but and you you guys call yourself men? Is that yes. yeah? Side oh, okay. note: there's a there's a photo of me where I was blacking out on this ride because the G force was too much, and my <laughs> head went down and I couldn't get it back up. So there's this photo of like everyone with their hands up, but it looks like I'm just passed out. I will post the photo this week. It's so it was, everyone else on the ride could handle the G force. Yeah, I was. De- I'm definitely. Ex- a, I'm definitely beta of the week. We'll get to that. But, well, yeah, um, I was going to pick you as my beta, so thanks for just beating us to it. But, but, hey, you had a great time at Six Flags. That's all I'm I did, yeah. And the highlight of Six Flags was shout-out William Finney. Um, this guy, these middle schoolers were cutting lines, and they were like, oh, have you guys seen my sister? Have you guys seen my sister? Like, cutting everyone. Everyone, that's the oldest trick in the book. Yeah, we all know that one. The guy starts passing me. I wait for him to pass. And right as he starts passing me, I start yelling, Cutter, Cutter, he's cutting the line. And like, you got to, bro. The, the whole bachelor party's in line. So we were squatted up and everyone kind of like, you know, is was like, all howling, Cutter. Yeah, yeah, we're not, we're no fools, son. They keep on walking. William Finney stops him and says, Did you find your sister? And they said, no, we can't find her. And he said, you can leave. Get out of this line right now. I've waited two hours in this line. Look look back. There's 300 people pissed off right now at you. Do you want to live the rest of your life like this? Or do you want to make a change today? Get out of line right now. You're not riding this ride. <laughs> he went and straight for the soul. Yeah. I'm, like, I don't remember all the exact words, but that was the gist. And uh, one of the guys started walking back. And as he was walking back, he was like almost in tears. And I was like, I'm not a cutter. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. And was walking <laughs> all the way back. And then the other guy hopped like a 12 foot fence and just sprinted away. So that yeah, is yeah. the epitome <laughs> of alpha. If I'm I've not, I'm not a cutter. I can't like someone that like can't follow through with like a covert operation. Like, I'm no spy. I can't do this. Yeah, but except his is Cutter. It is, it's an alpha move by Finney, beta move by that little 12-year-old punk. 
Just needs to go back yeah. to his TikTok and his Fortnite. Speaking of which, <laughs> he needs to go the, back to Saturday school. Yeah, but ISS. <laughs> you guys ever have Saturday school? Uh, yeah, I, I had a, I had a couple. <laughs> oh, why did you have Saturday school? I don't want to talk about it. I had one, only one Saturday school's eighth grade. Please let me tell the story if you don't want to tell it. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll tell just because I don't want you to. Uh, to that's say a good. It. That's a good plan. That's a smart idea. I, yeah, I don't want you to uh, maybe accidentally mix up details. Uh, but it was eighth grade, um, and I'm walking into. Uh, in middle school, I was a lot a little bit different. Then high school, I was a little bit more uh, of a of a class clown, where I was always just I was that guy who was always trying to make people laugh, uh, which definitely was not the t- teacher's favorite. Uh, so I was not a favorite of most of my teachers in middle school, I'd say. But uh, this particular class, it was a prof- or a teacher that I really liked, and she actually liked me, so I felt like I could get away with a little bit more and I was really just feeling like I, I don't know there was something on my mind that I just was like dude this would be hilarious if I said it looking back on it uh horrible and actually completely foul uh but I walk in actually this could have even been seventh grade but walking in and I tap my buddy I'm like hey watch this walk into class and I just yell everybody on the ground (laughs) and everyone no one reacted everyone just looked at me it's like oh it's Paul you know like just Paul being an idiot and then it happened to be a substitute teacher Ah. and the substitute teacher was one not bad and he was a hard a Let's just he, put it that so way. he does not like you. He does not Dude, like class went, clown Paul. He went <laughs> off on me after I said that. He just like started like, I mean, substitute teachers don't cuss, you know, like even at public school, they don't cuss. Dude, he just starts cussing at me like, bro, what the hell are you doing? And he was just like, you're an idiot. And he just started going off on me. And my face went red. I was like, oh gosh, I didn't expect it to go this way. And uh, I go straight to the dean's office. Um, and the dean was just like, kind of surprised because he was just like, dude, what were you thinking, man? And I was just like, I don't know. I wasn't really thinking. <laughs> You're just trying to be a comedian. You're just trying to make people's days better. Just be yeah, a and, man uh, of people. I ended up getting a uh, yeah. I ended up getting one Saturday school, and uh, it really, really ended up being not much of anything. But it was. I remember get it got a lot of people in my class, uh, just giving me crap about it for a while. It was kind of funny. But wow, also, that is, wow, that's my favorite Paul story. And honestly, a great segment in Alpha Beta. So um, do you guys want me to start off or? or yeah, whoever. You yeah, want to go? You see yeah, I'll go first. Go. Yeah, let's um, hear it. So this is honestly pretty tough for me to do, but Beta of the Week is me for two reasons. One is because of the Six Flags story where I couldn't keep my head up because the G-Force was way too strong. Um, and <laughs> and they got a photo of it, which makes it way worse. 
Um, it's like you got posterized by the roller coaster. Yeah, I got I got posterized, which as a as a 24 year old is just not looking good. Um, secondly, we played walking football later. Yes, walking football. Uh, I know what you're thinking. That sounds dumb. No, it's the most fun recreational sport you can ever play with you and your buddies. Evens the playing field. Everyone has to walk. The only rules: one foot has to be on the ground at all times, and uh, three Mississippi rush. And so we were playing an intense game. Whoa, still puberty. Yeah, this is intense, tough night for you. Yeah, extremely tough night. Uh, we were playing. I was quarterback. I ended up throwing, I believe, four interceptions. <laughs> um, I got mossed three times. And uh, I dropped two wide open touchdowns while I was walking, and basically. And you were sober. <laughs> yes, I was a hundred percent sober. I'm messing around. Um. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, uh, needless to say, my team was upset with me. We still got the dub, but we almost didn't because of me. And that was a beta move. Uh, my alpha. I'm going to go with Chris Paul because – Again, this is two times. Wow. Yeah, back. because uh, Chris Paul, I'm sure you saw the highlight, but he broke Blake Griffin's ankles. There's something about Chris Paul that he goes back at his old teammates. He's always jawing with James Harden, uh, but he crossed up Blake Griffin and kind of gave him a stare down, and it was awesome. Another shout out, Will Finney. He's my sub alpha of the week. The guy who stopped the middle schooler in line. Shout out, Will. Yeah, dude, way, to, way to put a middle schooler in his place, man. Dude, Great did you job. ever see? Uh, I know Demarcus Cousins and Chris Paul had a lot of beef, uh, and like I think it was when him and I. I think it was Demarcus Cousins and Isaiah Thomas were both on the on the Kings together. It was after a game against the Clippers where they played Chris Paul and Isaiah Thomas goes to like shake Chris Paul's hand after the game and DeMarcus Cousins just grabs him and pulls him away and just basically tells him, no, you're not allowed to shake Chris Paul's hand. (laughs) They just hated each other. So my alpha is Kamara Usman uh, for two reasons. Not, I mean, first of all, he, he defended his belt again against a very tough guy in Jorge Masvidal. But uh, he knocked him out. And, and Jorge Masvidal's only been knocked out twice in 50 fights. I mean, the guy is, is a vet, doesn't get knocked out. Usman has uh, always been kind of considered a straight wrestler with, you know, improving striking. And yesterday uh, he knocked out a, a striker, a grizzled vet striker, and it was a brutal knockout. Um, so, yeah, that was the first reason why I give Camaro uh, my my alpha. Second of all, he was so classy after the win. Both him and Jorge have beef. Uh, it's been getting pretty personal between them after two fights. Uh, you know, it seemed like they really disliked each other. Um, after the fight, Kamaru was just such a good winner. And that's what I love is, you know, you love a good loser, which Jorge was too. I'll give him credit. But you love a good winner. And just the way he treated Masvidal and the thing, you know, just how highly he spoke of Masvidal after all their beef. Um, it was a wholesome moment. Loved it. 
So yeah, he's my alpha. Um, beta, I'm going to go with Luka Doncic. Um, you Luka have to Doncic, be kidding. You have Luka to be Doncic kidding right now. is both a player I like and dislike. Are you uh, saying that because he hit that dagger the other night? No, but, no. This is because of his complaint. It's because of his complaining issues. Have you ever complained uh, before, Paul? <laughs> have I complained before? Yes. Hey, uh, do I have an issue with continuously doing it? Uh, probably not. I would say, but because to me it sounds like you're complaining about Lucas complaining. But that's what I we mean, do on. Podcast. I'm not complaining. Like, uh, I'm not complaining. I'm criticizing. I think there's a big difference between the two. Anyway, uh, Luka Doncic in this uh, a couple of games ago, or actually I think it was last night, uh, playing a game against the Lakers in which he does his his signature move. I think that we can all agree on that sucks is that move you go around a screen. And you do a pump fake and jump into someone five feet out in front of you, and you get three free throws. Yeah, it's the uh, worst. It's the worst move that you're attacking the defender, basically. Oh, literally, and it gets called all the time, and players expect it. That's what sucks even more. It's like players get pissed when they don't get it, which is exactly what happened. The ref didn't call it like you should have, and ref was or uh, Luca just started tearing into the ref and just cussing him out and just complaining and crying about the call and eventually they teed him up and dude it was just so cringe if you watched it it was like dude you look so bad right now Luca like love your game you're a great player uh but dude I just wish you could clean up this complaining and crying issue he has um well also good on that good on that ref for not calling that because that's been an issue in that in the league for a while now is that just launching yourself into the defender? It's it's yeah. the, it's the cheesiest, hokiest call, and I'm glad they're not giving it to those guys at such a consistent rate. Yeah, like I'm glad that ref didn't call it, but the problem is Luca expects it because they call it all the time. It's something the NBA has got to clean up for sure. Is all the fouls? Uh, you watch a college basketball game, you don't see a single player jump six feet out in front of them to make contact with a defender and throw the ball up in the air and expect free throws. Like you yeah. just don't see it. So yeah. Lucas, my beta this week. Uh, and my beta for this week is going to be uh, big corp soccer for trying to make the premier, the super league a thing. Uh, I don't know how closely y'all followed, but that's good old American capitalism, just getting its greedy little hands on everything and just aggressively monetizing it to no end. And I hate that because uh, you can you can make money on things and also not just grossly over monetize them, like jamming commercials down people's throats. And I was glad that my alphas and those are the people like Time Magazine when they made everyone the Time Person of the Year that one year. I'm giving it to the people for not letting soccer do that for not letting that super league be created they, wait explain more uh, yeah, I, about the about the people familiar. stepping up this, so do you know what the super league was going to be uh no. briefly but maybe go in a little bit more so detail the, the super league was basically going to be a collection of all the big teams in soccer and they were all going to play under one league so it was going to take the big 
and it's not necessarily talent. It's just whoever has the most money. They were all going to leave their leagues. Like Arsenal's terrible, and they were going to leave and join the Super League. And they were going to, and it was just to make money. It was just all about money. So Premier League, La Liga, um, and then Serie A, they were all going to leave. The richest teams were going to leave and play in their own league. So that way they never had to worry about giving money or losing out to a, to a poor, a quote unquote poor or soccer team. Uh, and so it was all just entirely for money. And so when they announced this league, everyone, all the fans of soccer went into a huge riot about it and not like rioting the streets, but just really did not like this. It would have killed the game of soccer. And, wow. and they, they put a stop to it and teams pulled out because fans were vocal. Uh, and so that's the, awesome. So the alpha is the fans for totally just big dog and the CEOs. Heck yeah the greedy douchebags of this world trying to get all the money they can hold so, the line, baby. So hold be, the line. Uh, this is actually pretty controversial for you. Cause you're actually known for not being for the people. So are you changing now? And are you for the people? So yeah, as long as the people win, yeah, I'm totally just going to stay on the people's side. Uh, whenever big corp starts winning again, yeah, I'll probably flip back over, but yeah, Right what now, about big tech? What about big tech? Heck no. Started on big tech. I mean, I'm starting yeah. you. I'm uh, big, you on big tech. We can't go down I that mean, is, is, is Dogecoin the future? People are asking and people are saying yes. I uh, can't remember. Did we talk about your Dogecoin profit uh, last <laughs> week? Uh, definitely didn't. Uh, I'm beep, unaware. Beep. Go ahead and let the people know how much you've made on Doge. Uh, so I'm, I'm not going to flex any real numbers, but I'll just give y'all an idea. So Doge Two G's. Doge, Doge, <laughs> Dogecoin. I'll flex for him. Two G's. G's, baby. So a little over a year ago, when Bitcoin was blowing up, it still is, I was bored and wanted to get into the crypto game. But I was late to the party, obviously. So I was like, I'm going to find, I'm going to sort by cheapest crypto. So I filtered to find the cheapest crypto on the market at that time. And it was this crypto called Dogecoin. I was like, whatever this is. I didn't Google it. I didn't do anything. I just bought the cheapest crypto. I put 20 bucks in over a year ago. I bought like 8,000 something Dogecoin at 0. .00 two cents that is wow two, that is two tenths of a cent and now um last week dogecoin hit 42 cents a crypto coin so um it was a it was a good week for me i'll just say that um, Steve, uh what's your what's your long-term plan when are you selling when are you hopping off and then getting on the moon as the kids are saying now? so um because you're Stop. obviously going to the moon at this point. Yeah, when are you join, no joining Lance Armstrong up there? You've left yeah. Earth. You're you're on the way to the moon. When do you get out? Yeah, so some people's approach to this is like, oh, I've made $1,000. I'm going to sell. Don't do that, you idiot. Hold this. Hold the line. Grab on to the rocket ship with your diamond hands and ride it to the moon. And ride it until we're in orbit. We don't want to go to the moon and come back down to Earth. We want to get in that orbit, baby. Let's want, go to Saturn. We want to be swinging a bye. We want to go to Saturn and grab its rings because we've got so much dough. 
And then we want to keep on going to Pluto and reclaim it as a planet. <laughs> um, so if you have Dogecoin, if you don't have Dogecoin, if you don't know what it is, if you know what it is, buy more. Buy the dips and let it ride because we're going up, baby. That's incredible, actually. I can't believe I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, Beep told me this uh, last week. I actually said, I don't believe you. Send me a screenshot because there's no way you've actually made this much money. Immediately send me a screenshot. I was extremely impressed. Yeah, not only does Beep provide incredible gambling advice, but he also provides incredible (laughs) investing advice. And actually, now that I think of it, incredible relationship advice. (laughs) What it's, what woman wouldn't be extremely happy to have this man? It's full. It's it comes full circle. It comes Maybe, full circle, guys. You know what's funny is uh, the largest Dogecoin holder right now, I believe, is um, I don't think it's specifically Mark Cuban, but I think it's the Mavericks. I think I read something, and uh, it's kind of funny. Mark Cuban, multi-million, maybe billionaire. Uh, you actually were one step ahead of him, so. Uh, people are actually curious, are you going to start your own type of shark tank, something along those lines, or are there legal issues between that? Can you not start a show like his? So I would call mine the, the dog cage. And, um, <laughs> oh, and oh it, yes. And I would be the only investor on the show. No one else would be on it. It would just be me. You would only be pitching to me. And what is your like, what is your like, uh, and for that reason, I'm out. Like, would you have one or would you just bark at him? Um, I think I would want a button that I could push that would just sick dogs on them. You know, they would have, they would have to run out of the room. Like I'll let you get a five second head start, but the hounds are coming, you know, something like that. Okay. So more of like, if the pitch was really bad, maybe you're sending out chihuahuas, but yeah. if it wasn't that bad, it was chihuahuas, but say it was really bad, then it was like, yeah, we're sending out some Dobermans. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Enough about all this. Sorry. Dude, I think I got did, you pretty sidetracked from your alpha. Wait, what were you going to say? Paul? sorry. Did y'all, uh, did y'all watch any of the fights this, uh, this, like the fight card last night at all or no? Uh, I saw Masvidal take a nap. Dude. Did you guys see the Chris Weidman injury? Uh, no, oh, I missed the that. Leg, the leg kick. Yes. Did you see that? Yes. It was Dude, bad. that was so brutal. Like, I don't think I've seen an injury that bad in probably since Paul George, to be honest. That wow. was horrible. Yeah. No, that that was – dude, like, that's the biggest thing that scares me about UFC is just like – like, there's so many things to be uh, concerned about when you're in a cage, but when you're kicking, I don't really think you think there's much of a threat. But, dude, oh, check. If someone correctly checks a leg kick, dude, that's just got to be – that's just got to be so much pain. And you see it way too often with guys just like, you know, I think Anderson Silva had the same injury. How, so. how many times could you get kicked in the shin by a UFC fighter and still take it? How many kicks could you take? from a UFC fight. Like, before I start crying? To the shin. No, just how many could you take? Like, you can cry. Before, before you say stop. Yeah, like before you say no moss. How many Oh, you so, take? like, I can cry, but it's just until, like, I say stop? Yeah. One. Honestly. 
Yeah, I, think, I think it's that painful. I think one, maybe two. I might, I might just stick it down there just to get one more than Paul. But <laughs> I, I think two max. I think I'm going three, and here's why. You guys First, have more beef on your legs than me. You know, me. there's a reason they call me Chicken Leg Jacob. That's right. They, the people, call me Chicken Leg Jacob. And here's why I could take three. The first kick that they do, I go into immediate shock. So I actually don't feel anything because my adrenaline's so high. They kick me again, and now I'm just angry. So my adrenaline goes even higher. Third kick sets in. I look down. My leg is completely chopped off. And that's when I realize it's time to stop. So I'm going with three kicks. I think you're onto something with uh... – like as soon as that first kick happens, you just got to say, kick me, like do it again, just right now. You got to get that second kick in. Cause if you wait too long, it's over. Dude, this kind of, this question kind of reminds me, did y'all ever watch um, sports science growing up? Of course. Yes. Uh, there was this one karate guy that had trained himself to get kicked in the balls without feeling pain. <laughs> and they brought in a UFC fighter. I forget who it was. But the oh. UFC fighter uh, kicked, kicked him twice in the balls, and he took them both. And just – it oh. is the funniest video ever. Like, they're just standing <laughs> in front of each other, and the <laughs> UFC guy kicks them. Yeah, so sports science, um, I feel like it was getting to a point where it just wasn't true anymore. The Marshawn Lynch episode, they said that he had the equivalent power to an F-150 truck. And I remember watching that. And I was like, "There's no way that's true." That yeah, people, people would has, die. He would get yeah, Mar- Marjan Lynch is the same horsepower as an F one fifty truck. Um, yeah, I just uh, I didn't believe that. It. There was another one too. Where it was like Dirk Nowitzki's fadeaway. Oh yeah, we talked could, about it. In could episode yeah, two, it couldn't be blocked by Yao Ming if he had. Derek Rose's 45 inch vertical. And you're just like, it's like, a, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah the, they'll be like, uh, Marshawn Lynn's trucking ability is the equivalent is 14. It's like some made up thing, like 14,000 foot pounds of force per inch. That's the equivalent of 18 F 150s hitting a chicken going 80. And you're just like, that's just not true. It's and the most like, obscure why, thing. Why is his trucking in Madden still only 92? And you're yeah. like, why, why, why aren't you doing something better with your science degree than that? But, but I actually did see with my own eyes the guys getting kicked in the balls twice. Like, I don't remember the actual sports signs behind it, but I remember. But I saw it. I, I witnessed it. I, I mean, I wasn't there, but I saw it on live TV and him take it. And I saw the pain in his face where he goes. <laughs> and and it wasn't acting. He was not acting at all. Like, and the funny thing was I was so young when I was watching it. I didn't really understand it because they were like, uh, they're asking him questions and he was like, yeah, I can still have kids. Um, and I can still like still every, fertile. Yeah, like everything works, you know. And I remember watching it like I don't I don't get it, but anyways, uh <laughs> <laughs> let's uh get to our fan questions before we get on our interview with Reed. Uh we only have one fan question this week, and it was from Cade. If y'all don't remember the story that we talked about with Cade last week, if you missed it, uh you want to go back and listen to it. 
uh, but Cade reached out and said, "Was this the frat boy?" No, no, no. This is this is Cade. Remember the guy that I uh, you remember last week the story I told about Cade? Oh, yes. Halo boy. He feed the bed. Okay, really? You're just gonna give it away? (laughs) Halo boy. That's ridiculous. Really, Paul? No, they can still go back and listen and get the. You know what? You know what? I embarrassed you earlier by making you tell your your middle school story. So okay, now we're even. But yeah. anyways, Cade reached out, said, "Fan question from Cade: Most lit sports event." And this was his top three. Uh, number in no specific order. Number one, World Cup final game. Number two, March Madness first weekend. Number three. The Olympics four by four men's relay. I'm gonna go Ooh. ahead and uh, answer this right away. I think the Super Bowl beats all of these. Joey, cut this terrible take. Let let me start over. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and answer this right away. Okay, uh, World Cup hands down. This is a sport. Wait, you just went from saying soccer sucks to World Cup number one. I never said that. So basically the World Cup is number one and here's why is because it brings not necessarily the sport is why I love it so much is why it's so lit. It's because countries come together all everything that's dividing countries apart. If America made it to the World Cup right now, except for China. I have no comment on that because I have I have no idea where Paul's getting this, but I know for a fact when a country makes it to the World Cup. Everyone is linking arms. Everyone's hugging each other, you know, rooting for their for their uh, nation to win it all. So I'm going World Cup. I'm you going. Know, oh, you go, Reed. So I am going to stick with Jacob. I love the patriotic Classic. thing. One of, one of the most electric events I've ever been a part of is watching the U.S. men's soccer team advance – through the group of death when they drew with Portugal and then they oh, play dude and they play Belgium. It's one of the most hype events I can remember in recent history of just the whole country losing their minds over that. The other moment I can think of, so that's my most hype moment. The second most hype moment of my personal life, it happened in the men's four by one relay is the United States with Michael Phelps and all the boys, Ryan Lochte, versus the French. The French were talking a lot of mess, and the men's swim team won that. And it's two of the most electric moments. So I'm going – I'm sticking with Kate on that. I think he's not far off. FIFA World Cup and the Olympics has some of the most electric moments I can ever remember. But specifically, he said men's 4 by 4 relay. Do you think that's as electric as swimming? No, I think the four by one is more the four by one swimming is way more electric just because it takes a little longer. And so that drama kind of builds is like they're coming down the lane. That's what I'm going with. Okay. Paul. So to do I have to decide between those three or can I say you, any? You can say How any. About, yeah, you can say any. Sorry, Cade. Hope hopefully that's what you're asking. Maybe you just threw us some examples, but go ahead and answer any. Um, I'm going to go see, okay. It's not a specific event. It's more of an event that happens quite a bit every year, but I don't get every 
to see it all the time. For example, it's the UFC and it's a really good card. If it's a stacked card and you're willing to drop money, you're willing to spend 50 to 60 bucks to watch this fight and you know it's a great matchup and it's going to live up to all the expectations and all the media hype and you get it, there's nothing like it. For example, Diaz McGregor 2. Dude, all the smack talk, all the pre-fight trash talk and hype and all of it. And you get to see him fight and Bruce Buffer is just is just saying, and now. And, and now. Yeah, and he's just breaking, you know, he's just breaking down each fighter, their record. They're all getting hype. And, dude, your adrenaline is flowing. Like, I watched the Masvidal-Usman fight last night, and, dude, I was nervous. Like, my heart was going so fast watching that fight. Uh, I was seriously stressed. So, it definitely has that impact on you of, like, I don't know. It's unlike anything. Where it's Is that the part- – was that the fight where uh, Nate Diaz flipped him off halfway through the, uh, like halfway through the round? The Diaz McGregor fight. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, hilarious. Hilarious. That those those two fights were absolutely legendary. But yeah, I mean, just the stress and all the hype and all the emotion that goes into a fight, and you're just sitting there, and you're usually cheering for one particular guy. Uh, you're nervous for that guy. Uh, so I would say a really good UFC card. And then my second would be college basketball, uh, March Madness. I think Okay. nothing, nothing beats that, uh, when it comes down to that world cup and a classic upset, a classic oral Roberts going deep. That first, that first weekend of March Madness is like, unlike anything else. Like I can't stop watching games. Like I've got games on four different screens you know, you're you're just super tuned in. Are you a with your the game in class type of guy? For sure. In high school, I would I would definitely do that. I, I was way definitely. too nervous. Uh, there's no way I, I could do it. Oh uh, no! I I mean, especially when you're putting money in, into your bracket, <laughs> you're you become so invested at that point where you need you need to pay attention to what's going on, or else you'll start to get anxious. So. Yeah. Well, but yeah, fellas, that's all the time we have for this wonderful, wonderful episode. Gentlemen, closing thoughts as we send everyone on their way. Yeah. Uh, follow our Instagram account. Uh, it's been some great. We've put up some great content recently, and just some uh, some good clips from our podcast that are entertaining. They're fun. Uh, and so encourage you to follow our trash talk podcast, Instagram account. Also follow us on TikTok. and uh, shout out to tr- shout out to Trey Dennis, a tier one uh, listener of ours uh, for a long time. And I, it's long overdue the shout out. So apologies, Trey, shout out to Trey, a tier one of all tier ones. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and uh, give another quick tier one shout out. Tyler Baker, got to see him this weekend. Uh, Still a little upset for the looks he gave me after I dropped four uh, touchdowns in walking football, but he's someone that has listened every week, and I appreciate it. Classic, um, my banger of the week is going to be Lemon-Edit by Drake. Clean version, please. (laughs) <laughs> uh 
Yeah, it's a banger. Uh, it's pretty good. And it's fire. Yeah, that's that's all I have. Wait, Paul, I noticed you didn't say anything about the White Sox. Is there? Is that because you don't think they're going to win anymore? Oh, thank you for reminding me. Uh, Chicago White Sox are going to win the 2021 World Series. Uh, they just swept the Texas Rangers in a three-game series. Worst team in baseball. Not true, but are the Arlington Rangers. They're not a Dallas sports <laughs> team, by the way. Hey, don't you uh, slander the Rangers. I, I, I never think said the Dallas Rangers, by the way. This is the Texas Rangers. They're the Texas Rangers. Well, I'm just saying for everyone listening, I want you to know if you're a Dallas sports fan, you do not have to be a Rangers sports fan. But if you are, you're a real one because I, that is true. I don't want. I don't mind the Rangers. I think everybody in Texas respects the Rangers. Yeah, you can't hate the Rangers. At least they don't cheat like the Astros. Um, yeah, I don't have a, I don't have a shout out this week because uh, I just don't. And uh, my banger of the week is going to be the Collective. Uh, you can watch it on Hulu. It's an awesome documentary. It's up for some Oscars. Um, definitely check it, sounds it out. Super boring. It, Boring. It, it, it is fantastic. If you have an IQ above the two guys in here, you'll enjoy <laughs> it. If not, then I feel sorry for you. Also, uh, if, you take, if you want to take a nice nap in the afternoon, go ahead and <laughs> press play on that movie. There is no way. Quick snoozer. If, if you knew what this movie is about, there's no way you could nap during it. I don't need to know. It sounds like a snoozer. Let me just say everyone gets trapped in a club and there's a fire, and it's based on a true story. Ooh. So basically green room, but in a club. No, but this, is, but this is an actual documentary. <laughs> this is a, So, like, you see people trapped in this club. It's wild. Um, oh, wow. Uh, Do they yeah. survive? Um, a few. Not a lot of them. Tune, in, tune well, in to find out. Well, we just found out. So <laughs> um, um, We just saved the viewers from wasting time on that um but great it's a great commentary on a few issues in the world today um wrapping up though make sure like paul said give us a follow on instagram check out the tiktok check out the twitter check us out on social media make sure you spread the love we're grassroots as always so send this to friends relatives people you don't know yell at people on the road tell them to listen to it uh that is all the time we have We love you all, and we will talk to you next week. If you're in the car, go ahead and buckle your seatbelt, because one, it's a law, and two, you're about to hear Reed give you some straight-up facts about the draft, and um, NFL draft, that is. Uh, Yeah, so here's Reed. And we'll just just, ease into it with a little combo. Yeah, Hey, can y'all see my um? Oh, never mind. Hey, Whatever. don't cut this. No, no, it's all staying in. <laughs> J- Jacob, is that skinny pop or is that? There's that wifey homemade popcorn, boy. Uh, oh, it's like, is it Orville? Is like some no, some no, that's popcorn. that coconut oil popcorn. <laughs> that's that coconut oil popcorn that I know yes, you wish sir. you had. Okay, enough about me. Introducing our NFL draft insider. This man was a high school hero, more specifically, a high school JV and varsity hero. Skipped his freshman year, went straight to JV. Now, in the professional world, he can't say which team, but he is working for, I think, one or two NFL teams consulting with him. I repeat, we cannot 
say the name, but this guy is very credible. Introducing Rita Gusta. Let's Woo! go. I heard Thanks he was. Yes. I heard he was interning for Adam Schefter too, but that was just a rumor. And Adam yeah, that, that actually was a rumor. <laughs> Warren Sharp actually reached out to him, but Reed denied because yeah. of let's just say personal issues between the two. Yeah. yeah, he said, "Reach out to yourself, buddy." All right, <laughs> Mister Gosta. Yes, for those of you listening, his name's Reed, and my name is Reed. So, I mean that that could get weird. Um, I think just as a code word. We'll just- no, Reed. I actually have a suggestion for this. Wait, which Reed were you talking to, Jacob? Yeah, you have to. I mean, well, listen to this. Reed Augusta is going to be known as Reed A for Reed Alpha, and Reed Denton is going to be known as Reed B, as in Reed Beta. <laughs> well, so that's cool and all. Just know that I have a sensitive um, internal system. So don't uh, worry about it, Reed B. Yeah, no, no. I'll just I'll just make sure to uh, cling to that for the rest of my life and suppress it. It's not a big deal though. Um, but getting into it. Mr. Agosta, um, I guess let's just go with your top five. Just kick it off. Who's your top five? Why do you love them? Just give us something to gnaw on for a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you how I think it's gonna go, and then I'll and then I'll tell you like top five prospects after that. All right. I think top five's gonna go Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. It's really conflicting on what the 49ers are going to do. There's a lot of Mac Jones. There's a lot of Trey Lance. Um, I would like to see them do Justin Fields, but I'm hearing more Mac Jones, more Trey Lance on the Twitter spheres. Um, Four is really interesting because no one's for sure what the Falcons want to do. But that one is looking more and more more Kyle Pitts, the more mock drafts you look at. And then five, if Burrow has his way, it's probably Jamar Chase. If the front office has their way, it's probably Sewell. Um, And then some of the guys I like the most – I am chalky. I do like Trevor Lawrence as my top prospect, just overall. And then I'd probably throw, like, Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase into the same bucket of, like, I think both will be good pretty right away. And then um, I, I honestly do like Justin Fields more than I like Zach Wilson. He's probably the second quarterback for me. And then I think Sewell is going to be pretty good. And then there's a couple other guys, Rayshon Slater and Christian Darisaw. There are some other tackles that are going to be pretty good as well. But that would that's kind of where I would start. So one question I had, I was looking at it this the other day, that the 49ers traded up to that third pick, and everyone was thinking initially that it was – Trey Lance and then it's, yeah. it's kind of started to become Mac Jones uh is that is Kyle Shanahan going to be the next Chip Kelly where he looks like this mastermind and it's just going to blow up or is he <laughs> is he like on to something here do you like Mac Jones over Trey Lance that much um for the for the 49ers yeah 
personally, like, I mean, you saw what you can do with Mac Jones if you protect him and, like, give him necessary weapons. Um, I don't love the argument of, like, he had it, like, he had it made in Alabama, so we shouldn't even, like, think that he's good because he just had, like, the top guys everywhere. Because you could say the same thing for Joe Burrow or Tua last year. And no one really made those arguments last year. So I don't I don't like those arguments for Mac Jones. Um, but Trey Lance probably has like the stupidest arm in the draft. And then he's like he's like runner. He's kind of like Newton Jalen Hurts camp of his running ability. Stupid meaning good or stupid meaning not smart? That's a good question. I should have specified. By stupid I mean like stupid strength. Like dummy. Like Like dummy. Yeah. Like he's like the and Zach Wilson too. But Trey Lance is like Zach Wilson's like the off-platform king. Trey Lance is just like the drop back and I'm going to flick my wrist and it's going to go 65 yards. So that's like the same as Reed entering into the gym and whenever he enters the gym, someone will say, dang, that guy's stupid thick. It kind of means the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. Like when someone, when someone looks at me and like, dang, that guy is stupid. And what they mean by that is that, like, that guy's really good. That's, that's how I interpret those. That happens a lot. That's how I interpret it. Like, wow. I, I would tend to agree. Look at that. Yeah, that's like, that's like whenever my middle school, like, teachers would say, wow, he's really stupid. They just meant I was really strong. Yeah, he just meant you were really cool and really strong. Yeah, he's, wow. he's, he's an idiot. Especially in middle school when you were stiff arming people out there on the middle school field. Yeah. Um, Reed, I've got another question for you. So here's a dilemma I'm in. Okay. The past three, the past two years, I've been in three fantasy leagues and I've won two of them every year. The one league I can't win is the league I'm in with my family in law. So basically all my brother in laws. It's a dynasty draft league, and you can get rookies cheap. I need a rookie that's going to be – that I can maybe get cheap this year, but maybe in the next two to three years is going to be high, high trade value. I mean, who's someone that we're looking at that uh, is maybe going late to a good team that's going to start? Good example, A.J. Brown, someone who went second round – goes to the Titans, goes off. Is there anyone that you're maybe thinking that I should pick up in the draft this year? Yeah. Um, I mean, this is not where you're going, but just I'll give you two examples. The first one I would say is Kyle Pitts, but that's probably the one that everyone's going to go for. But like I said, I think he's like – he might be like the safest prospect in this class. Um. But for a later round guy, or not later round, but like second round, like you were saying, I would look at some names like Terrace Marshall out of LSU. 
Um, I would look at Rondale Moore out of Purdue. Um, I would look at Kadarius Tony out of Florida too. Um, then you could throw Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota in that category. Those are all receivers, but um, Reed, what do you think of Elijah Moore? I hear a lot about Elijah Moore as like a I, you know he's he's near that top five, top yeah. six receiver. Yeah, that, that's it. That's a really good name that I that I probably just missed. Um, he could be in that bucket too. He is really good, and his um, his footwork is like out of this world. I'm sure you've seen some videos of him some videos of him in like one-on-ones at practice came out recently and his like release package really, really good. It's really strong. Yeah. He's coming from, from Ole Miss, which has put out some NFL studs I think at receivers again. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. I really like Elijah Moore quite a bit. I think there's going to be a lot of low key receivers in this draft, you know, like, Obviously, everyone knows Jamar Chase and everyone knows Smith and Waddle, but I think there's a lot of guys who are in that like three to seven range that could be high impact players year one, which I think, I think is pretty cool about this class. I think the crazy thing is, have you ever been paying attention to how Devontae Smith has been dropping? Well, yeah, he of, hasn't been weighing in. Yeah, because of his size stuff, is everyone is kind of up in arms about his size, but plenty of small receivers go to the league. The guy can always bulk up a little bit, but I just think it's absurd to even act like Devontae Smith is not a good draft option. That guy was a stud in the playoff. He was a stud all year. There's yeah, no, and he, won a, he won a Heisman Trophy as a wide receiver. It's ridiculous to think about not giving that guy some more love. So, Jacob, that could be a guy for you. If he, if he falls in the draft, that could be a guy you get cheap in a – draft yeah okay i like that um don't tell my brother-in-laws hopefully they're not listening to this although they are some loyal listeners <laughs> shout out henson adams a tier one follow um read any just specifically for my team i'm a little running back week right now um is there anyone in the draft or running back that stands out? Or are you saying that this is a pretty heavy quarterback wide receiver um, draft class? It is really strong, like quarterback receiver wise. Um, the running back position is being devalued, like at an increasing rate every season now. It's It's seeming more and more like the lifespan of running backs is – just getting really short. Um, I I think my favorite running back, if I had to say, is probably Travis Etienne. Um, and Najee Harris would, is like right there with him, but Etienne I think is like the better pass catcher and the better. He's got that NFL speed for sure too. Yeah. He's, he's probably the better route runner and the better pass catcher. And like Najee Harris though is obviously like really athletic. Like everyone saw him jump over the guy in the sugar bowl. And then um, like he's super powerful, obviously. But I think the way that, 
running backs are kind of tailoring now, I would probably say Etienne over Harris. Do you worry about all the miles Etienne has on him for staying in college for as long as he did? Yeah, that's a concern. But, like, most of the the big-name mock draft guys are either on Harris or Etienne as their top back. And Harris stayed four years, too. Um, Etienne's played more than him, and you're right, has more miles than Harris does. But they've been in college for the same amount of time. Um, I think Etienne, though, could have come out last year and been the first running back taken. Um, But he didn't, like, necessarily shine a lot this year, and they're pretty pass-heavy. So I think they gave him – they gave him a little bit less work, and I think it's going to end up paying off for him. Reed, uh, there's a lot – just, I mean, across the board, it's a pretty talented draft, but specifically cornerback looks like a pretty deep position in this this draft. Is there any guy that stands out there? Obviously, Sertan – had a really good year, but I hear a lot about Caleb Farley at Virginia yeah. Tech, uh, and yeah. I hear a lot about J.C. Horn too. And I and I don't haven't watched a ton of film on either of those guys, so I was curious. You know, outside of Tane, is there any corner that really sticks out to you? Yeah. Um, when I think about Horn, I go back to the Auburn South Carolina game earlier this year. And he was on Seth Williams all game. And, like, before that game, Seth Williams was getting, like, some draft hype because he's, like, a super big guy. He's their red zone guy, like, contested catch king. And J.C. Horn, like, manhandled him. And then uh, Seth Williams' draft stock is just plummeted because everyone goes back to that game. Um, so that's like the first game I think of when I think of J.C. Horn. He's big. He's like bigger than you would think of most corners being. Um, but I really like him. I like Farley and Sertan as well. A guy that um, I think is going to be pretty good is uh, Eric Stoja. He's like. Wait, can you say that name again? It's, Sorry, it was I a pro day it. 40, so no one knows. But I think he went like 4-2-5 in his pro day 40. Um, he's like a – he was like a high school track star. Oh, is he the kid from Georgia? Yeah, and he's like okay. a speedster. He, I think all the pro day 40s are obviously like – there's a little discretion here or there, but – um, I think he went like four two five at his pro day forty. Oof, that's insane. And he was like a high school track star converted football player kind of kid. Um, he's like very talented and still kind of raw. So I think he's someone that could be like molded into being a really good like NFL player. Okay, wait. Here's my big question: Is Jameis Winston the future of the Saints, and why is he? I'm going to be completely honest here. And and I have people that will back me up on this. 
I said multiple times last year that Jameis needed to be starting, even when Drew Brees was the starter. You know Taysom Hill's better, Reed. There's Dude, no chance. Taysom Hill is garbage. He is <laughs> he is absolutely terrible at playing. Okay, he's better than Mitch in the though. NFL. I mean, you're you're inclined to that opinion, but I would take Mitch over him as an he's a, he's a better wow. he's a better receiver than Mitch. Yeah, <laughs> he's a horrid NFL quarterback. It's literally just Sean Payton. If you go back and watch those games, it's just Sean Payton. I believe doing you. doing exactly what he needed to do, calling plays. But it needs to be Jameis. I'll I'll live with the interceptions, like straight up. I'll live with them if, if like, I can see the Saints throw the ball around, push the ball downfield. Like, they're, they're not going to win a Super Bowl anymore. Like, that window is gone for a while. So, so I just want to see him throw the ball around. Do you think, uh, think Jameis will have a better or worse touchdown to interception ratio oh, here we go. than he had in again. 2019? I'm I am a LASIK eye surgery believer. Oh yes. And I think now that he will be able to see all seven or eight guys that drop back into coverage. <laughs> and I think his ratio is gonna be better than one to one. I would hope so at least. Dude, if let's say okay, let's say Jameis Winston has a three to one after LASIK. Are guys going to start getting LASIK when they don't even need it? Any like, are people <laughs> just going to start getting LASIK left and right because of Jameis's absurd improvement? Dude, I don't know. It's like the, <laughs> it's the weirdest thing though, because like he obviously was like very good at Florida State. He won a Heisman Trophy, won a national title. Like, was the outright leader of that team like the best player in college football that year felt like he had one solid season at yeah tampa too right bro and then he stole those crabs (laughs) and then everything else went downhill i think he got some crab juice in his eye and then he had to get it removed and that's why he had got lasik that's a good take actually we should we should have joey do some more like research into that and see if that's actually true because i believe it but he was so good, and then he stole crabs, and he's just been not as good ever since. But he's still, like, his arm talent is still, like, really, really good. Okay, now for the real question, Jameis Winston or prime Jay Cutler? For one year on the Saints? Yes. One year on the Saints, and you have to get to the playoffs. Yeah, I think I think everyone and their moms choosing Jameis Winston. Sorry, Paul. <laughs> yeah, I I was gonna say I was gonna say I was gonna say Jay. I think Jay. Well, of I course think, you were gonna say Jay. <laughs> I didn't like Jay for the Bears. No one in their right mind than Jameis. Jay Cutler over Jameis Winston. Dude, I'm gonna rock with Jameis. I gotta rock with my guy. <laughs> He's I, my guy now. That's fair. That's fair. It's close. It's Jay, very close, though. That's a good question. We are not ending on that question, okay? <laughs> Jay, Jay Keller's whole thing was like, I can throw it hard. And that was it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going Jameis Winston over Jay Cutler. 
you have to. It's a no. I mean, Jameis Winston threw threw for four thousand yards as a rookie. I, I don't even know what Jay Cutler did. Jay Cutler, <laughs> Jay Cutler threw for like maybe three thousand, maybe. Yeah, no, Jay Cutler. I mean, he has, you know, he has the doofus face. You know, Eli Manning has it too. They have the doofus face where they just kind of look lost out there. And it's because he was. Sometimes Eli Manning kind of kind of lost his way into a couple Super Bowls, but Jay Cutler just looked <laughs> lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eli would get lost in a good way. Like Eli would kind of wake up and be like, wow, I'm in, I'm in the Super Bowl. But um, Jay Cutler would get lost and be like, there is no going back, you know? Jay, <laughs> yeah, Jay Cutler would be like, maybe I can throw it through that guy. And, like, he just <laughs> never could. He just never could. Reed, for um, our final topic, I wanted to bring up because Paul basically thinks that Trevor Lawrence is trash and won't go anywhere in the NFL. That is literally be... not the case. You couldn't lie more if you tried. But okay, going. state your state your uh, your case for Trevor Lawrence. Then where you where he stands? This is, this is a great opportunity for me to clarify, clarify my, take. my take. And then also, I think I need to adjust a take I had made previously. Okay, uh, but make your original take first, because you're okay. My original like my original fun. take is I put Trevor Lawrence at four, which looking back on was too low. Is a I good take. Started. looking back on it was too low i'd put him over mac jones now but at the time i put him at four and uh i never said he would be bad though i said i still think he would be good because i did think the top five top four guys in this draft at quarterback are capable of being franchise quarterbacks and being good um but yeah i would i would definitely switch on my stance i think trevor lawrence i would put him above Mac Jones now, but I would take Fields and Wilson above him. Although I've got to say, Mac Jones going to the 49ers has to be the best, has to be one of the best situations a top 10 quarterback has ever, like a top 10 draft pick quarterback has ever found himself in. It is so rare to be a top 10, top five QB picked and go to a team that is pretty much immediately playoff ready. Um, so I'm going to say it. I think Mac Jones goes to the playoff before Trevor Lawrence, before Justin Fields and before Trey Lance. Yeah. I think what about Zach Wilson though. Yeah. Well, he's going to I, the Jets. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I'll be <laughs> hand up. I didn't even <laughs> think about Zach Wilson. I totally, I, cause he's going to the Jets and I just, <laughs> I didn't even think about him. Like, I was just like, it was Oh, he's at the Jets. Like he's gonna go six and six and eleven now. I like Robert Salah though. Isn't that the coach's name? The new coach? Yeah, yeah. it is. Well, I think he has a good chance of being a good head coach. I think. Yeah, Lawrence but. is going to a good situation too. The Jaguars have just uber cap space. It's true. They uh, their defense was pretty bad last year though. I hope they can. They kind of get some. They kind of gutted picks. it though. Yeah. So I I think they're gonna work with that cap space. He's got DJ Chark, guys. right? DJ Chark and yeah, he uh, does. But yeah, they need another receiver too. Chenault, Chenault had a solid. I mean, wasn't great, yeah. but it was promising year. Yeah, that receiver. Yeah, but he did. Yeah, there's no doubt Lawrence is going first, but 
I mean, where where and do you did, put Wilson on your list? Do you put Wilson at two, three, four, five? Because he's my one. I was my quarterback ranking. Yeah, my quarterback rankings are Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, and then I'm conflicted between what I want to do with Mac Jones or uh, Trey Lance. So we'll just call it a tie between them. Yeah. I think but, I think Trey Lance is the one who's got like the super high ceiling, whereas Mac mm-hmm. Jones, if he gets a good situation, will be could be have a higher floor. Yeah, you're right. It's the argument of well, Mac Jones has a higher floor, but Trey Lance has a higher ceiling. So which do you which do you go for? Yeah. It's a tough call. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be the Niners to make that call. No, no but I trust Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Was Kyle Shanahan the OC at, for the Falcons when they went to the Super Bowl? Yeah. Yes. Dude, yeah, that he was basically the coach of that team, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> he took them there. Yeah, because before and after they were terrible teams. My thing was Zach Wilson. I love Zach Wilson. The whole the shoulder injury thing kind of makes me worried. Um, That's fair. The, and there was that thing about him not being a captain, but like, or he wasn't pitted, whatever that. He did mid-season though. I think. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't think he started, and then I, he did. Think, yeah, he did. I think that whole story is stupid, but the shoulder definitely is like, gives you some cause for concern, but probably not as much as people are making it out to be. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I. I mean, if Mac Jones goes to San Francisco, I don't know that he's necessarily going to start, but he definitely poses a great chance to. Um, is any are any of these guys, and aside from Mac Jones, are the other guys the Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, and Zach Wilson? Who of those guys could potentially not start this year? Because I think we know Trevor Lawrence will. Um, yeah. Just, Justin Fields. Um, is a bit of a question mark depending on where he goes. Wilson will start if he gets drafted by the Jets. For sure. Yeah, so I think that's the big question is if Zach Wilson goes, is he going to beat out Sam Darnold? No question. Well, Sam Darnold's on the Panthers, dog. Or, I mean, uh, not Sam Darnold. Um, the guy – oh, sorry. But um, if Zach Wilson goes, you think Zach Wilson starts in New York no matter what? Yes. Yeah. So I, I think no matter what, Trey Lance will not start. Really? Yeah, I think he's that's the fair. biggest. He's the biggest project guy. I think no matter what, he will not start at the beginning of the year. Because he only played one full season, I think. Yeah, like that's like yeah. my concern with him being a Bears fan. Remember, you know, Mitch Trubisky was the same situation where he couldn't win the starting job. Finally, did, and then started one entire season, and you know the lack of. I guess just experience at the college level definitely translated to the NFL where I just don't feel like he, he read defenses mm-hmm. and knew where to go with the football like the other quarterbacks did. Mm-hmm. So that's my concern with, with Lance. But then again, you're so right. Like that arm is so impressive. Yeah. Uh, and he, he's a really powerful runner too. And you can help, you can help ease guys into their situations when you give them, like some good running plays to get into some, some easy completions. He mm-hmm. he's a little he's a little erratic when he's throwing downfield though. His uh his accuracy is 
he's got a little work to do there. But yeah. he his ceiling's very, very high. See, and, uh, yeah, the reason I like Mac Jones so much is he's kind of the opposite in a lot of ways, where it feels like he just can read a defense super well, which I feel like mm-hmm. translates to the NFL. And he's smart and he's accurate. Like, I don't know. I don't think his arm is nearly the arm of Trey Lance at all, but I think he just knows where to go with the football. And after watching Mitch for all these years, I feel like I value that so much right now. <laughs> Mac Jones throws a very good deep ball, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. he was always on target with Waddle and Smith. It was accurate. Yeah. yeah. It was where it needed to be. Yeah. All right, and uh, wrapping up, so last questions for Reed. Uh, Jacob, Paul, last questions for Reed. What do y'all have have as we send him on his way? Jacob, you can go if you have one. Okay, um, Reed, this is more of uh, this one more. I know we've been joking a lot, but this is a serious question. Um, yeah. I'm a pretty competitive Madden gamer. And I'm wondering who you think is going to have the highest um, voice crack still going through puberty from last episode. <laughs> um, who's got the, who's, who do you think is going to have the highest Madden rating coming, coming out of this uh, draft class? I want to say it's going to be Pitts, but correct me if I'm yeah. wrong. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, so to give a different answer, I think Panay Sewell's rating will probably be pretty high. Okay, perfect. That, perfect. Actually, that actually goes right into my question because I was wondering uh, who you like. Okay, for example, let's say you're the Bengals yeah. sitting at what, five? Or, five yeah, they're yeah. five. They decide, okay, bro, shut your mouth. You're a sophomore. You don't have the right to speak. We're going O-lineman. Who are they taking, Soul or Slater? Like, who who do you think is better? Who would you pick? And then who do you think they'll pick? Yeah, I think it's Sewell. I think Sewell's – I think for me, he, he's the better prospect, um, but not by much. Slater is very impressive, and he's, like, bare strong. Like, he's – very very strong and if he gets his hands on you it is it's very very hard to get around him um mm-hmm. but Sewell like for the way that or excuse me for the weight that he plays at and the size that he is the way he moves his feet is out of this world like he which is big yeah that's yeah big. and he like their, the offense they ran at Oregon with Herbert was weird, but like they still threw the ball quite often. So, like he has a lot of experience pass blocking for like an NFL type quarterback in Justin Herbert. Um, and like I don't necessarily know if that translates, but I do think that that is like something that that he can point to and say like. Well, hey, I pass blocked for Justin Herbert for for a year or two. Like, mm-hmm. I have that experience under my belt. And like I said, if you if you turn on and it's not fun to watch offensive linemen play football. That's why no one really talks about them. But <laughs> if you really keen in on 
the way he moves his feet, it is incredibly impressive. Yeah. No, then, I think he's pretty much consensus number one from what I can see. So I feel mm-hmm. like your take is definitely fair. The one thing I thought was super impressive about Slater is the work he did against Chase Young a couple of years yeah. ago. And I his, think that's some people point to quite a bit too. Yeah, his clips on Chase Young are, are really impressive. And uh, wrapping up, so here's what I got. And you got to just rapid fire. You can't think about it. Trevor Lawrence, okay. Zach Wilson, Justin Fields. One of those guys okay. is going to bust. Law of averages says one of those guys has to bust. Who's going to bust? Situationally only, Zach Wilson. Ooh, All right, totally that's disagree. That's it. that's it. You can't elaborate. That's it. You have to live with that for the rest of your life. Uh, Zach Wilson's by far the best in this draft. <laughs> can I can I give you guys a, a quick sleeper before I go? Because I think I went to Mars when I was talking about these guys. Yes, yes, absolutely. please. And then and then I'll I'll get out of here. Um, but uh, Quiddy Pay out of Michigan and Jason Owe, the two uh, defensive ends that are like. They, like, could be top ten picks or could, like, not go until, like, the end of the first round. No one's really – no one really knows what, what they're going to do with those guys. Um, both of those guys, though, are, like, one-of-one one athletes. Like, they are freaks of nature. Quiddy Pay has – And they both like, go to Michigan, you said? Uh, I don't – I might have said or... that, but OA went to Penn State. Oh, okay, okay. Quiddy Pay is a Michigan guy. Um, but real quick, Quiddy Pay's three cone shuttle um, at Michigan is like if you put it up all time, like combine three cone shuttles, I think his would be like third overall. And every other guy is like a receiver or corner, and he's a defensive end. That's crazy. Wow. And then Jason Owe, uh, I think he vertical jumps like 38 or 39 or 40 broad jumps like over 11 and then ran in the four threes and he's a defensive end as well. Uh, okay. I know, I know uh, Reed wants to move on, but I just have one last question for you because yeah, I just need to ask you to uh, Jabril Cox or Micah Parsons off the dome. Go. Parsons. <laughs> Dude, Parsons is OP. Yeah. Cox is really good in coverage, but Parsons is a freak. Which is a new wave of yeah. linebackers in the NFL. If you watch yeah. the Super Bowl and watch Devin White totally own that Super Bowl game. So, yeah. Bill Cox could be pretty good. Yeah, uh, I like in him. The NFL. All right. Well, uh, that is all the time we have for this read. Thank you very much for coming on to, to the show and giving us your wisdom. Uh, and um, hopefully we can have you on post-draft, post-football to talk a little bit more about what we think is going to play out in the season. So thanks again, man, for yeah. coming on. Yeah, thank you all for having me. Sorry for uh, the Wi-Fi uh, trips to Mars. <laughs> no, dude. No, that's Joey's fault. Don't worry about it. <laughs> all right. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, thanks again. Thanks, Reed. You have a good one.